Monday, September 9, 2013, was the first day of school for the children of Fort Lee, New Jersey, as it was for many throughout the Garden State. The day dawned clear and bright in this tired little city of 35,000, across the Hudson River from the northern reaches of Manhattan, as the roughly 30 toll booths that spanned the western entrances to the George Washington Bridge awaited the morning rush hour. Of the two levels for the toll plaza for the world's busiest bridge, which channels an average of 37,000 cars and trucks from New Jersey to New York every morning, the upper one has nine toll booths for cars coming in from the clogged New Jersey turnpike. But at the plaza's southern end, the last three booths have long been cordoned off with traffic cones so that local drivers can, in essence, cut to the front of the line. But that morning, as the world now knows, Something strange happened at the Fort Lee tolls. Sometime before six o'clock, the beginning of rush hour, a uniformed officer picked up the orange traffic cones protecting the Fort Lee booths and lined them up along a single lane, reducing the booths available to local drivers from three to one. The Fort Lee cars were forced into a single lane bottleneck, causing traffic to back up into the city's downtown streets. The road leading into the plaza, Park Avenue, became a sea of idling cars, and the snarl soon spread to Bruce Reynolds Boulevard, the street behind. The furious blare of car horns could be heard for blocks. For two hours, the traffic steadily built, until dozens of downtown blocks in this middle-class city of high-rises and modest older houses were jammed with honking cars and their angry drivers. By 8.30, much of downtown Fort Lee was gridlocked, its streets impassable not only for vehicles seeking to cross the bridge, but for just about anyone who needed to drive anywhere. School buses couldn't move, nor could ambulances. An emergency crew was forced to leap from its vehicle and run to its destination. Traffic jams are not uncommon in Fort Lee, so it took a while for city officials to realize this one was exponentially worse than usual. Police Chief Keith Bendel was among the first to figure out its cause the two walled-off tollbooth lanes. Around nine, Bendel began calling staffers at the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, the agency that oversees the bridge's operations, demanding to know why the lanes had been closed with no warning. No one seemed to know. Bendel was told to have Fort Lee's mayor, Mark Sokolich, call the Port Authority's number two man, Bill Baroni. Sokolich called and left a message. Baroni apparently didn't call back. By 11.30... After more than five hours of gridlock, the streets of Fort Lee were finally passable. But angry commuters and city officials pelted the Port Authority with calls and emails all that day. The only explanation anyone received was a vague one. The bridge, some were told, was the subject of an ongoing traffic study. How long it would last, no one could say. And, sure enough, the next morning, two of the Fort Lee lanes were again closed off, and once again, traffic inundated the city. Again, Mayor Sokolich appealed for help. Presently, we have four very busy traffic lanes merging into only one toll booth, Sokolich texted a Port Authority executive. The bigger problem is getting kids to school. Help, please. It's maddening. For the moment, neither Sokolich nor any of the hundreds of drivers stranded in Fort Lee that morning were giving much thought to New Jersey Republican Governor Chris Christie's re-election campaign against Democrat Barbara Buono, much less to the fact that Sokolich, a Democrat, had declined the governor's efforts to gain his endorsement. To the commuters, this was simply the traffic jam from hell. 
they would have felt far differently had they been able to follow the trail of Mayor Sokolich's text to the Port Authority, which was forwarded to an executive there, 52-year-old David Wildstein. Wildstein, a political appointee of Christie's, who has known the governor since boyhood, had ordered the lane closings over the warnings of the bridge's supervisors. Wildstein, in turn, forwarded Sokolich's concerns about Fort Lee school children to Bridget Ann Kelly, Deputy Chief of Staff in Governor Christie's office in Trenton, the state capital. Kelly's office was directly across from the governor's, about 50 feet away. Is it wrong that I'm smiling? Kelly texted in response. No, Wildstein replied. I feel badly about the kids, she texted. I guess. They are the children of Buono voters, Wildstein texted. Thus began one of the strangest political scandals in memory. One that should prove to be...